Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Radio Red. You can just call me Red. I'm so happy to be here. I have two wonderful special guests with me today, and we're going to be talking about a topic we haven't covered yet on this series since I started it on Voice America Variety Channel a couple months ago. We're going to talk about creative intimacy, sensuality, and spirituality. Now, if the words intimacy and sensuality scare you or entice you, intrigue you a little bit, we're going to talk about SEX, not in detail, not in body parts, but that might be something we'll cover. So if there are any kids in the room and they're not old enough, bye. If you're a grown up and you can't deal with this, well, just put something in your ears and just, I don't know, do something else. But we are here to bring you a very, very interesting show. We have to do a quick shout out to our LLL, lovely lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener who lives in Whitestone, New York. And we're still raising that fundraiser for you, Laura, so we can send you to London. So it's going to be lovely, lanky Laura Legs. I'm also a listener of London because Whitestone starts with a W. We all know that. So yeah, so we'll tell you all where you can donate to that. So let me tell you a little bit about my two special guests today. I'm on Zoom. I can see them. I call this nuanced radio. I get to see how they think, how they move, how they speak, their emotions. And I wish my listeners could. And rumor has it that sometime next year, Voice America may have a video platform for live video. And won't that be fun? We might have to play some of these videos. My first guest coming up in just a moment is Dr. Diana Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y. She has several degrees, PhD, MA, and BA. She just collects them. She's the author of a book we're going to talk about today. They love in the time of Corona advice from a sex therapist for couples in quarantine. Now her advice is lovely and it's playful and it's interesting and it's wise. And Dr. Diane is not afraid to talk about all the things that we're not going to talk about on the show because that's not my audience. But if I put SEX in the title of the show, we would have a million listeners, Dr. Diana, but Dr. Diana gets down to the real, real guts of, couples relating, communicating, and the pleasures of physical pleasure and pleasing each other together. And her book is wonderful. She has videos. We'll talk about those. And it's just, I'm so delighted. And Dr. Diane, I met you recently at the let's see, the National Publicity Summit virtual, the virtual session. And I knew right away I was going to invite you to be guest. So Dr. Diana, just say hello. Hello. It's so nice. And I know it's going to be fun to be here with you, Red. And Susan. And by the way, and I'm going to invite Susan now. We just we just got an introduction to Susan. My second guest, Susan Corso, DD, has been on so many times. Susan is a great resource. I consider her a friend. She's a beautiful lady who is, among many other talents, the author of the Mex Mysteries fiction series about high femme intuitive investigator Mexicali Rose Mex Stone. So it's Mex Mysteries. And I will tell you that there's something very sensual about her books because Mex lives in a pink Queen Anne Victorian house, and she travels the world 
Solving Crimes Using Clues in Broadway Show Tunes. And this goes back to Susan Corso's <laughs> background working on Broadway. Susan, welcome back. How are you? I'm very well, Red. How are you? I'm fine. And I, I have to do a, a thank you, gratitude to you, Susan. You have sent me so many interesting people for this show, for some of my Game Changers radio business shows, for my technology revolution, the future of now show. You've introduced me to Eddie Sarfati and to Court Stroud and several other people. And I'm grateful to you for being a wonderful resource and a friend. So thank my you. My sincere pleasure. So I will tell you, everybody, that once I met Dr. Diana online at the virtual summit, I knew her topic was on the adult side. Yes, Laura, we're talking about adult <laughs> stuff today. Uh, and I knew there was only one person in the world I wanted to join us, and it's Susan, because I knew she's she's a grown-up, and she's seen it all and done it all, I think. And Susan, Susan will be a great, we're going to go back and forth about Susan's books, about Dr. Diana's book, and about Dr. Diana's videos. I watched a video the other day, and Dr day and I was just jumping up and down in my chair saying this is really good stuff but what I wanted to say in the beginning Dr. Diana is that your advice for couples in quarantine is not just for couples in quarantine it's for couples always forever ever and yes. ever right so so why don't you just give us a little background on why you wrote the book um yes but to your first point most recently uh one of the um uh, guys who gave me a quote for the back of the book Dr. Mark Schoen said it's uh it's a year's worth of sex therapy in one volume. <laughs> so I'm hoping, yes, I've had other people say this isn't just for the pandemic. This can go beyond. Um, so about the second week in March, when this crisis, the COVID crisis was looming, and just before shutdown here in Washington State, where I live in Seattle. Um, so my husband and I thought, we need a book. And he actually joined the effort in writing. He's a very good writer and we're a good team. Um, Brian and I are really a, an excellent team. So it seemed like there was a real need and I continue to see clients now on Zoom. Mm -hmm. And um, so couples were anxious and, uh, and I got some new couples as a result of the pandemic because they don't really know how to connect with each other sexually in the midst of this pandemic. And some are letting it go. Uh, they're too stressed, too anxious. And that's a shame because we know that sexual activity is uh, very good for your immune system. There are lots and lots of studies that show that sex and good health go hand in hand. Um, so th there was the, the, the inspiration. And then we wrote very quickly uh, to to get it out in a timely fashion. Dr. Diana, I, I love the overview. And I will mention that you and your husband met on match.com. Yeah, you, you are not millennials or teenagers. And oh. you, you grew up in a family that was very warm and affectionate and accepting of things that had to do with intimacy. At many, many levels, there was no shame, there was no fear. And that's part of who you are. And I want to introduce, I want Susan to talk a little bit about Susan. Let's talk about a little bit about your novels, your text mech series, your mech stone series. And, and how do you see intimacy in the characters in your book, Susan? Now, maybe I'm throwing a ringer to you, but your characters Not at all. are so beautifully woven together. <laughs> so, so refresh us a little bit about mechs, please. Well, I'm happy to talk about Max, but it comes out of 35 years of being a spiritual therapist. So I, 
I would agree with Dr. Diana that everybody is suffering and, and stressed in ways that they haven't even imagined before. And so part of what I, I intended to do when I was writing these novels, and I, and I write one every other year about in this particular series, was to bring to the, to the fore how to live on a spiritual basis, mm-hmm. but in the format of entertainment, right? What happened to me was this. The reason I started writing these books is because I was studying like crazy because I just sort of had my own spiritual awakening. And I found that I was learning more about how to live a spiritual life from novels than I was from self-help books. Wow. Interesting. Well, it's because uh, I, I knew what the spiritual principles were. I wanted to know how to do it not what I needed to do. I knew what I needed to do. I just didn't know how to do it. So here I have this character, Mexicali Rose Stone, who is a wicked intuitive, sort of like someone else we know. And and she wanted to have a life and create essentially a chosen family because she was an only child, grandma dead. Eventually in the series, she loses her mom. So she, she's looking to create intimacies at all kinds of levels, both personally and romantically and sexually, but also an assistant, a housekeeper, like connections of people that she kn- knows who she can rely on and who can rely on her. So that in book 10, when her assistant decides to go to graduate school, she she's she doesn't think twice about it. She says, "Yeah, that's on me. I'll pay for that." Wow. Because that, but that's what families who are committed in that way do. That's what real intimacy is. It's action and commitment. So that's how I ended up writing the Mex books. I love that. Did you really say, Susan, you write a new book every other year? Yep. Wow. Wow. And, and, uh, I, well, I and in the off years, I write other novels. Yes. I know you have the butch, <laughs> the butch fam novels, right? That's right. And that's, uh, Quinn who, uh, who, what's the name of Vivian your Vivian Hart Quinn. Vivian Hart Quinn. Pseudonym. Yes. She has a pseudonym. I love Only that. Only for fun though. I mean, it, the bio <laughs> says Vivian Hart Quinn is spiritual teacher, Dr. Susan Corso. So there you go. And I'm just red. We're just going to make me red and that's fine. I'm, I'm so intrigued by both of you. I just want to bring something out before we go to our holidays of the week and we're going to go to some famous birthdays and see if you know and you can yay and celebrate i'm going to leave us all on gallery (laughs) view so we can see each other and we have some doozies of holidays this week but there is there is a a british approach to writing novels books or anything i don't know if i mentioned to you susan i don't know if you're aware of it dr diane it's called pantsers versus plotters Mm -hmm. and a pantser is somebody who writes by the seat of their pants oh i think i'll sit down and write two two hours today and whatever comes to mind the plotter has got the whole thing, whether it's it's a book about factual, like you do, Dr. Diana, a real a book with advice, shall we say, and Susan, your novels, and they plot it all out. They write an outline, they write chapter headers, chapter titles, and then they sit down and fill in the blanks, and it's just pro forma. It's whatever, whatever works. Oh, no, Panzer, Panzer She's, here. <laughs> I had a feeling. Dr. Diana, did you, <laughs> did you write the whole outline for your book before you started? I bet you did. Yes. Yes. And, and that makes sense. That makes sense. So if you've ever heard the term, pan, if you want to use it, throw it up when you're in a, in a group of authors say, well, I'm a 
I'm a plotter. Are you a pantser or a plotter? See if yeah. people respond. It's um. a British term. <laughs> a British author introduced me to that about a year ago, and I looked it up while we were on the air, and I thought it was fascinating. Ladies, let's take a look. We've already said a shout out to Laura. So let's go take a look at the holidays of the week. Now, we all know this is a special week in many, many ways. We won't get into the political part of we're almost there. Okay, no comments, but I'm going to do the holidays. Today is October 26th. Would you believe it's National Chicken Fried Steak Day? Dr. Diane, are you going to celebrate that? Probably not. (laughs) Susan, what do you think? No, not my thing. Well, I think I might have something that would approach, would appeal to both of you. It's Pumpkin Day, National Pumpkin Day. I had a show. I could do that. Okay, and it's also National Pitbull Awareness Day. Oh, I have a very funny joke about uh, Pitbull. Is it clean? Go ahead. (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, it's pretty much clean. Um, What do you do if a Pitbull is humping your leg? You fake an orgasm. I warned everybody. I if, if you did. Bonnie, somebody doesn't know what Ray, some of those. Somebody doesn't know what some of those words are. Ask somebody to look them up for you. Let's move on. Tomorrow, the twenty seventh is a National American Beer Day. Talking about domestic beer, it's National Black Cat Day. You see how these are leading up to Halloween, ladies. Yeah. It's National Mentoring Day, and it's National Navy Day. Kind of serious, except for the beer. So, I don't know. We're going to celebrate National American Beer Day. Anybody have a, a pint they're going to? No? Yes? Nope. No. No, me neither. <laughs> black cats, though. I'll do black cats. Okay. Now, one of my favorite days that I didn't even know existed, Wednesday the 28th, is National Chocolate Cake Day. Oh, yeah. Bring it on and an important day for all of us now in the world it's national first responders day so we can honor in one way or another thank you to our first responders whether you're in the pandemic or in general whoever is service providers who are there even they don't they do not know you where i come from on long island it's all volunteer fire and ambulance corps all volunteer and they'll come any time of the day or night and there some of these people are there for third generation and they just keep joining the fire departments, the ambulance service, uh, amazing people. Okay, let's get back to October 29th, National Cat Day. So we had Black Cat Day, Net Cat Day. And the 29th is National Oatmeal Day. <laughs> Dr. Diana, maybe you could do a couple's exercise with oatmeal, but I don't think I want to ask you to, to tell us about <laughs> it. On, <laughs> well, I, I, but, but I'll tell you something, not oatmeal, but there are certain foods, finger foods, that like if you're taking uh, taking a bath together, you can feed each other finger foods, but not oatmeal. That doesn't work. And it was not very romantic. But, <laughs> but when you take something from your lover's, when you feed something into your lover's mouth, it's very intimate, really. It's and very- you accept it. So, and you can go into, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but you can go into all kinds of sensual experiences. I the think the bath and the feeding of the food and so on. But the not chocolate only. cake would work well. Oh, the chocolate. Well, probably a little messy. Yes, messy, chocolate messy would be better. Chocolate the, is very good. It's got about, DNA in it. What about the chicken fried steak day? Is that something you could share? Finger food, chicken fried steak. I suppose if you cut it up. Susan, any thoughts on what you would share in an intimate situation? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I think I, some things are meant to be private. I knew we would have too much fun here, and we are. Let's move on. Okay, October 30th is National Breadstick Day, National Candy Corn Day. See, we had Pumpkin Day, then we had Black Cat Day, then we had Chocolate Cake Day, then we had Cat Day, and now we're up to Candy Corn Day. It's also National Checklist Day. And here's one that you might all appreciate. It's National Text Your Ex Day. I said text, not the S version of that word. Text. Susan, what? That's hilarious. That's that- hilarious. Text Your Ex Day. Who thinks of these? Somebody who has a sadistic streak and doesn't want anybody <laughs> to see what you're doing on your phone. Because really? it's, it's going to be on your phone unless you delete it. And then we get, of course, to Halloween, the 31st National Halloween Day. And it's Caramel Apple Day. So we've covered almost the whole Halloween menu. And the month of October, now get this, it's National American Cheese Month, Caffeine Addiction Recovery Month. Dr. Diana, what did you know there was an, a Caffeine Addiction Recovery Month? I did not. Now you I do. Don't, I don't follow the, the special qualities of each month well enough. <laughs> well, you might have to add that into people who are caffeine addicted and don't want to go to sleep, right? Okay, Bob and Jane, it's time to, well, you've just done all your wonderful connection and it's time to go to sleep. No, I'm loaded with caffeine. I want to stay up all night. No, well, you don't. The, the better thing, of course, for sleep is to have sexual activity, whether it's with yourself or with your partner. Because, and especially if you reach orgasm, because then you're much more likely to have a good night's sleep. It's the best. Susan and I are not going to comment on the purpose of uh, pleading the fifth, <laughs> I think, but I'm, I'm nodding silently here. Susan, you're nodding silently. We, we're grownups. We get it. We get it. Absolutely. It's also the month of October, National Bullying Prevention Month. Yes. Caramel, caramel, chili month, depression awareness month, pasta month, and vegetarian. So if you love American cheese, if you love caffeine but are getting off of it, if you love caramels, chili, pasta, and vegetables, then October is your month. And I had a birthday a couple weeks ago, and I know it's the month of the opal. So happy there. birthday. Yes, Thank happy you, dear. Thank you very much. And a belated birthday to the gentleman whose voice you heard on the intro to the show is Ryan Treasure, who's the VP. I call him VP of everything at Voice America or World Talk Radio. And he and I are birthday brother and sister. And I like to say that we have a few years between us. He's in his 30s. <laughs> I like Sweet to say, though. Mom, <laughs> we're birthday <laughs> twins. I say, and I say, Mom was very flexible. So we'll just leave. We'll just. <laughs> We'll just leave it at that. His mom's around mine. It's not anymore. So we'll leave it at that. Let's quickly do famous birthdays before we get into your book. So, okay. I'm not going to say I'll take a vowel, but I'm going to say, okay, Vanna, what are we doing now? And Pat Sajak is having a birthday today. He's a journalist, actor, and game show host born in 1946. Let's say happy birthday, Pat Sajak. Happy birthday, birthday, Pat. He's been around a while. He's like a relic, for goodness sake. He's been there. Who knew? Who knew Wheel of Fortune? Did anybody look at the Wheel of Fortune for Wheel of Fortune as a show? It's still. And I used to say Vanna was wearing uh, curtains as her her gowns. They always looked like they were curtains to me. I don't know why, but that's the way I felt. She's been around to Hillary Clinton. Say what you will. Say what you want. Happy birthday, Hillary. Happy birthday, Hillary. 67th U.S. Secretary of State, 44th U.S. First Lady. Rita Wilson, American actress, married to Tom Hanks. I believe they were the first celebrity couple to be tested positive for COVID. That's right. About eight months ago. Hope I know they're well. Dylan McDermott, a very interesting American actor, very handsome in a rugged way, a lot of movie roles. 
19, in TV roles. 1961, happy birthday, Natalie Merchant, the American singer, songwriter, and pianist. Happy birthday. Here's one of my favorites. I think he's very, very sexy. Keith Urban. Mm. New Zealand, American singer, songwriter, guitarist, and he's married to the beautiful... Um, think, 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 Nicole Kidman. Nicole, yeah. Yes. She's and, a Nazi. Yeah. And she goes to all of his all of his uh, award shows. She's always there in the audience, which I think is wonderful of her. And Seth MacFarlane, you all know him, the voice actor, singer, director, producer, screenwriter, movie star. He created Family Guy and so many characters and so many, I'd say recent, not not recent, but newcomers to the concept of cartoons, adult cartoons on TV that have become a mainstay for so many people. I do have to tell everybody that it's October 26th. Almost done. 299th day of the Gregorian calendar. Dr. Diana and Susan say, thank you, Gregory. Thank, thank you, Gregory. Gregory. I call him Greggy because I talk about him all the time. I don't know what his mom called him. It happens to be a leap year. And that means, I don't know why they don't say this first. It's the 300th day because it's a leap year. Now, here's the important part. Everybody's waiting for this. 66 days left to the end of the year. If you want something special to drink on New Year's Eve, can't come soon enough get to a liquor store real or virtual and get something special because they're going to just the shelves are going to empty any minute now because everybody's going to want to celebrate something like 2020 get the hell out of here so whatever you want go get something it happens to be the 43rd monday in the year if anybody's counting i don't know who cares but it came up so anyway thank you for letting me indulging me in that lady so let's talk now so dr diana why don't we do a little deep dive about three to five minutes on your book let's get into i'd like to get into the laughter and and the play section which you did you did a video your video for the month of october and also tell us a bit about your radio show to Dr. Diana and what the laughter part. I'd love to know, how do you suggest couples laugh and love and play? And play is the key word I want you to focus on. We don't have to get into body parts, but the oh, no, concept of playing. Dr. Diana, I'm going to put you on speaker view talk and then we'll see Susan's reaction. Then we'll talk a little bit about mix. So go ahead, Dr. Diana. Yeah, the concept of playing. Uh, many people have trouble with this. Um and ideally, it's any activity that doesn't have an immediate purpose. And you just do play for its own sake. And of course, couples who laugh together, lots of studies show this, couples who laugh together and play together, last together. If they laugh, if they laugh, they last. And um, of course, shared laughter has a very positive effect on relationship satisfaction and all of this laughter and I talk can lead the way to more play. I talk about creative silliness. Um, it's um, a not, uh, you know, the originally the word silly mm-hmm. was it's from old mm-hmm. English, Saleg, S-A-E-L-I-G. And originally, it did not mean something trivial or uh, ridiculous. So if you had plenty of slag in your life, silliness, then it meant that you had more prosperity, happiness, and health. So Hmm. uh, going back to old English days, when they spoke it, that's what it meant. And so couples that can be silly together and laugh and play, well, they typically have much better sex, um, much better sex because they're playing and they're being silly. Now you have to trust your partner a lot mm-hmm. to be silly. 
<clears throat> and but it it does work if you shift it a little bit and get rid of the critical parent inside your brain and let the creative child come out to play. Some people have to drink alcohol mm-hmm. or take other drugs to put the critical parent to sleep so the child can come out to play um, because the critical parent in us is that probably we get it from an actual parent, but it's, I'm on zoom. You could see this. I'm putting up my finger. You ought to be doing it this way. You should be doing it that way. So, and the critical parent ego state is the hardest one to get rid of. Uh, It usually does come from a very critical parent and then you internalize and therefore even something as playful as sex should be. Here's a should though. That's a good one. Uh, even then we have sex, well, especially if a guy, for instance, has some, um, some sexual dysfunction, we have a serious job to do here. And uh, it's, it's, not, it's not play and it's not fun. It's really, you know, ideally, sex should not have a beginning, a middle and an end. Very, very interesting. I will tell you that I'm just going to be very anonymous here. Let's just say I have a friend who with her partner does a lot of giggling in bed. Uh-huh. A lot of giggling, a lot of laughing, a lot of back yeah. and forth, chatter, patter, banter, back mm-hmm. and forth, shared laughter, giggles at the the fun and funniness of each in between all of the activities. And in yeah. the beginning it was, are we really allowed to laugh in bed? Are we really allowed to say silly stuff? And the answer was, Hell yes. <laughs> I said something I said something I shouldn't have on Zoom, but the lady saw me and nobody else heard me. But the answer was, why not? And then we realized we were giving ourselves permission to laugh and giggle and play. There's certain subjects we won't talk about, like other people and past history and all that. But just little commentary, little things, giggling and laughing and roaring with laughter sometimes in the middle of everything. And it's it's just in, it, it livens everything up and you feel like a person with all the shackles off. Susan, I want you to come in. I'm not looking for a tell-all or a true confessions or anything, but t- talk to us about the concept of play, if you will, from your background, Susan. Just respond to Dr. Diana and Red if you want, and then we'll, we're going to move over to one of your books. But go ahead, Susan. Well, one of the things I think is, is singular about what Dr. Diana has said is that creativity has a whole lot to do with sex, with good sex, mm-hmm. with fun sex, with play, playful sex at all, right? Yep. And I think that we have um, consigned creativity to the arts. We have consigned creativity to paintbrushes and singers and novelists and even essayists, but not to everyday people living in their everyday lives, doing everyday things. Sex is an everyday thing. It's like washing your hair. It's just stuff that human, that adult human beings do. But when you add creativity into washing your hair, you have a better time. When you add creativity into having sex, you have a better time. And Interestingly, one of the things that I have really worked hard at is writing, writing creative sex, mm-hmm. not 
for the purpose of necessarily titillation or as they say in my industry, one-handed reading. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> but new term, new vocabulary. Right. Okay. Everyone needs to learn, right? Um, I was shocked the first time I heard it just for what that's worth. <laughs> but what would make someone slow down, which is actually one of the things that is a really good idea when you are having physical intimacy with anybody is slowing down, slow down and pay attention in a different way. Because when you're paying attention in a different way, certainly writing sex, people, all kinds of people have said to me, you made me think about it differently, which was exactly what I was going for, right? I think uh, at least if the counseling that I've been, have done for years and years and years, and I am no sex therapist, nor am I really a couple therapist, but sometimes, you know, somebody says, if you don't talk to my husband, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> okay, I'll talk to him. <laughs> don't worry about it. Right. Let's not, let's not resort to murder if we can help it. Right. <laughs> well, but it's all, almost always the lesson is slow down, pay attention to one another, focus on what you're doing. Right. I mean, I understand that everyone is attached to, to their device these days. Put your phone down. Yes. Right. My so friend. I make my characters do things like that so that the people reading the books go, oh, oh. Huh, that's a good idea. <laughs> I love the way you said, Susan, that creativity is not just for artists and singers and dancers. And uh, my friend, my friend, the synonymous friend I'm talking about, the rule is no, if a phone comes in the bedroom, it's shut off and it's face down. It is not allowed to ring during anything in the bedroom. No phone within earshot is allowed to ring. That's the house rule. But Dr. Diana, I have to tell you a little toy my friend discovered. <laughs> oh, my wonderful friend. When my friend was growing up, her parents had a little, it was like a little globe that was a planetarium and it projected the constellations on the ceiling. And my friend decided to go look and see if they still made these and they make something similar. And it's a many faceted device. It, it's a ceiling projector, but it has patterns and it puts clouds on the ceiling. You can have a red set of clouds, green, blue, gorgeous colors and little tiny pinpoint they're green not gold stars and the stars can fade in and out but it's bluetooth powered so you can put on your favorite music on pandora or wherever and have it go through the device and on a certain setting the device will change the pattern on the ceiling to go with the pulse of the music so you can be very 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 distracted or you can just have it be a gentle fade or just static but talking about play, Dr. Diana, to be able to look up in a moment of ecstasy, my friend tells me, and look at the ceiling and say, I think I'm in heaven. I'm seeing stars. And you are. <laughs> and you are. I love it. I love it. Is that something? It was about 60 bucks on Amazon. And it, it, it just it's a party toy. And you project it. And it's Diana, talk to me. Well, I, you know, one of the things that I uh, <laughs> recommend, and I have a whole chapter about it, is plan chapter two, plan your date night at home. And one very important aspect of that is to set the scene. Set the scene not only in your living room and dining room and set the table nicely with candlelight and 
flowers, fresh flowers, and and really make it special. But of course, you don't just turn off your phones. You put them in another room when you get to your bedroom. Yep. Clean sheets. I can see this star thing on the ceiling would be lovely. Music, maybe you're bathing together. Uh, I want to go back because this fits in with what I'm talking about to what Susan said. Two mm-hmm. things. Slow down. I... I am pay attention. Those are so important. I've said that to many, many couples over the almost 35 years I've been doing this work. Slow down. Um, You know, it's also important related to this that if you think about it, most women um, are like, um, um, like slow cookers. I couldn't think of the word for a minute. They're like slow cookers. Whereas men are more like microwaves. And in terms... Yeah. What, a, what a great image. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and a woman actually tied in with this needs emotional foreplay, maybe for 24 hours. You know, back when Viagra was approved in April of 1998, there were so-called Viagra divorces that were going on because here a man could finally get an erection and, but he hadn't been paying attention to his wife for a long time. Plus, she's often postmenopausal. And so there can be pain with mm-hmm. intercourse. So it, you, you've got to pay attention. And paying attention, by the way, is also very good to make you a more skilled lover. How is your partner responding? Yes. And uh, so I really, really like that. Um, paying attention and being creative about your lovemaking. You know, if someone's paying attention to your lover, you're much more likely to be a skilled lover because you notice what he or she responds to and all of that. Are we getting too explicit here, Red? No, no, we're not. And what's interesting is that I I think, and I'm going to just basically make a, make a stab at a, in an age group or a demographic, in the older years, there might be a myth that, and you covered this in your book, Dr. Diana, I think you had a quote from your grandmother. You said, when is it too, when are you too old to have intimacy and sex? And she said, I'll let you know when she was in her 80s at the time. My Ladies. mother was... My mother was still dating into her 90s. Men were still asking her out on dates in her 90s. She outlived all of her boyfriends. My, my dad died in 95, and my mother decided, unlike most of her women friends who were also widows, she decided she wanted to be, quote, unquote, alive. And she started dating a couple months after my, and this was a 53-year loving marriage a secure and devoted couple, my mother and father. And mom decided she was just going to go out there. And she was such, my mother used to say, I think you'll both appreciate this. When a man would talk to her, she'd say, he looked at me like I was ice cream. Oh, <laughs> think what about a great, it. What a think, great, think about that. that. Ruth, Ruth was quite, she was a, not just a flirt, but she was, she was a woman who attracted people to her with charisma, with joy, with spirit. She was just lovely and beautiful, just just beautiful until, until the day she died in my arms at 100 because she had the flu and we didn't know it. This was way before COVID. It was the other flu, uh, just a cough. Anyway, she was still going to the hairdresser once a week, doing her nails, getting dressed up every day, jewelry, playing the piano, playing bridge mahjong. But I, but I digress. But Ruth was always attracting people to her. 
people were attracted. She'd walk in a room and people knew there's somebody here with a special energy. And I'm not getting too woo-woo here, Susan, but Ruth had that energy. But what I want to say was when you get in the later years, the myth is I hear people say, oh, that's disgusting. How can you have sex after 75? That's just awful. You're old people. Well, shut up, for God's sake. 70s, 80s, even 90s. But you might have to change the approach change the tools, change the skills, change the whatever you're doing to wherever on the other person with the other person and think, I'm going to use the word creatively. Dr. Diana, you want to address that briefly and then we'll get Susan's Yes, input? and I want to recall uh, that back in the 70s, um, we had the book Passages. And oh, yes. Uh, yes, and um the author, um, Gail Sheehy, just died not so long ago. Mm-hmm. But she famously said, and I have seen this in couples a lot, that somewhere after 50, men become more romantic and slow down and they're a little more emotional. They're in Jungian terms, their their anima comes to the surface. And and women become more assertive. And they and their animus, the Jungian animus, their masculine side comes more to the surface. So they take, they're willing to take charge. They're willing to initiate. They're willing to say, this is what I want and need. And they have the words. And older women no longer have to apologize for their eroticism. And my husband and I are both in our 70s, and we have the most robust sex life. And I know that it's healing and I know that it's a wonderful, positive thing because when I'm sexual with my husband, I feel so alive. I feel like a much younger person. And of course, to have sex as a person over 50, Mm -hmm. you need to be healthy. Yes. That's the key. You need to be healthy. And, but having, but wanting to remain sexual is, could be, one motivation for staying in shape. There you go. Or loving acceptance. Susan, any comment there? <laughs> well, it's why in the in the very first book of the series of the Mex Mysteries, uh, Mex is 39, right? So it starts in, in a phase where a woman is past her ordinary childbearing years, right? And so... All of those issues are issues that I have had to address over the years of writing the books. And I I resort again and again and again to um, creativity, kindness, care, connection, focus, all of those things. And even if a person is not healthy by their own or other design, you know, people who have various challenges, disabilities, illnesses, whatever they are, that still does not preclude a healthy sexuality and a healthy expression of that sexuality. But I also think that there are psychological and spiritual responsibilities. I think that there has been a trend um, of people hooking up and sharing sexual energy and not really looking at the responsibility that that gives them spiritually because you cannot share sexual energy with somebody and not take on their stuff. It's not just a physical thing. It just isn't. 
Wow. Susan, I want you to talk a little more about that. Uh, I, I think there are a lot of women who would say, listening, she's right, damn it. She's right. There was it a connection. We did, we did something together. Talk to me more. It absolutely is. I mean, I certainly have had couples come to me and say, we're having a terrible time of it. And it comes out in conversation that husband, wife, or both are in huge trajectories in their in their work. And they've got huge deadlines and high pressure. And I go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, it would be great to be sexual during that. But not if you can't turn it off, not if you can't slow down, not if you're texting in between gasps. (laughs) No, right? So if you can't, then great. Make Make a commitment to be sensual with one another and not sexual. That's Dr. Diana. I should ask you about this actually. Yeah, that is that is my prescription for people who are having a hard time having sex is don't have any. And the minute I tell them not to, Mm -hmm. they're in each other's beds like Mm Diana. I don't don't tell them not to, but I I tell them to at the very least, especially if they're having pain with intercourse, which is often true of an older woman. Yeah, there are there are solutions for this, but I won't get into that now or if the man is having some ED, erectile dysfunction. At the very least, you need to lie naked together in the bed and touch each other. And there's, and even during the day, there's non-sexual touch. And the problem with mismatched desire or one person wants sex more than the other is that they stop being affectionate and demonstrative with each other. Mm-hmm. Because the one who is afraid to go into the bedroom and, and perhaps have intercourse um, is it is nervous about it. And so they 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 stop being affectionate. And that's a shame. There are all these things and I talk about it in my book called outer course, which is everything but intercourse. And that could be wonderful. Total body caressing, sensate focus homework, Masters and Johnson Came, the sex researchers, researchers came up with this um, sensate focus. They felt that too many couples were too genitally focused. Mm-hmm. And mm. that we have from the top of our heads to the bottom of our feet, all of these possible uh, erotic zones, feasting, feasting possibilities. And a lot of people get stuck between the legs. <laughs> That's too bad. They're, I have a 95-year-old friend in Los Angeles, where I lived before I moved here to Seattle. And um, he has a partner of some uh, 15 years, and they live together. And uh, she's, she's about 15 years his junior. You're still sexually active. He sent him my book in July. He and his partner have been doing the exercises. But the thing that I want to tell you about with this 95-year-old friend is that he said, I always thought I had to be stimulated first on my genitals for me to, to be aroused. And he said, I discovered with the full body caressing exercises that I didn't need to be. And in fact, it, it, it aroused me even more. And he said, if only I'd had your book 70 years ago, <laughs> it would have saved myself so much frustration. Would have, could have, should have. Interesting. Susan, anything you want to comment on that? I Fascinating. Just, you know what? I think it's wonderful. I think that there is 
a certain amount of redemption in people actually giving themselves permission to have the sexual experiences that they want to have, right? And, and, but it really requires adults. It requires that you say to yourself, even if it's only to yourself, this is what I choose. This is what I want. This is what works for me. Then if you can share it with your partner, my God, what a grace, right? You can share it with your partner. It's a miracle, right? When that happens. Um, The miracle was a while coming for me, but I'm very glad it did. I'm so glad it did too. Yes. And so, so many couples do have trouble talking about sex. Uh, They don't have a language for it. And so uh, Mm. I have a a sex menu exercise and, uh, and Red, you probably saw that it's in my Mm, first chapter because the first chapter is getting to know your partner better. So if you go through these lists of sexual activities, yes, no, maybe, giver or receiver, you fill it out. You can actually download it from my advice website, deardrdiana.com. Yep. Sex menu. It gets, so they do it separately and then they come back together and they talk about what they'd like to have, sexually speaking, sensually speaking. And it gives them words and it gives them an, a platform. And then they often go on to much better sex after that. So the sex menu is, is an exercise that, that is very useful for a lot of people. I'm looking at it now. It's very explicit. Uh, hug starts with hugging, light kissing, deep kissing, neck and shoulder rub, and then touching and different body parts, bare or not, touching more and more and more, stroking, fingers, stimulation, and et cetera, et cetera. Very interesting. It probably is a revelation to some people, Dr. Diana, to see that many things they might be afraid to talk about, or we're told it's naughty to talk about those things and here they are in a book by a grown-up named dr diana wiley and and you can look at them in the book and say maybe it's time for us to talk about that but i i want to shift the conversation a little bit uh, we have 10 minutes left and there's something i wanted to cover i'm my friend my anonymous friend has a, a post event shall we call it or a post-session intimacy ritual and this is that the man sits at the edge of the bed before they get up and take their shower or get dressed or whatever they're going to do. And the woman kind of skedaddles across the bed and puts her head on his lap and they just talk. And he mostly talks, just talks, talks about anything free flow might've been early business years or travels or anything, not other people, but events in the life and just free associates and just talks and talks and talks And one of the partners who's not doing the talking can just doze off a little bit, but is still attentive. It's intimate. It's a a slowdown at the end of of a beautiful session, is all I will say, intimacy. And it continues that intimacy of the couple in the bedroom with the stars on the ceiling and (laughs) the light jazz music in the back. And this friend has never, never thought of jazz music in an intimate setting. It was always Anita Baker or it was something really sensual, really romantic, sexy music. And she was introduced to jazz by this this partner. And once she opened up her mind to that kind of music, it became their music. And they developed a Pandora channel that they like where various people play that type of music on that 
performer's channel. And that's what goes through the Bluetooth into the Starry Night device and gets pumped into the bedroom and goes along with the stars. And it's a, I would say, be open to, I'm just going to say loosely, cultural references or preferences the other people might bring to the table. Oh, no, we have to have these kind of, oh, we have to have this. No, I have to do this. way. No, we have to have this music. Open your mind. Allow somebody to influence your creative vision of setting the scene. Dr. Diana, am I onto something here? What do you think? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> How, what kind of post-coital behavior we engage in is very telling about the level of intimacy that the couple is sharing. If, uh, if one person just gets up and goes, takes a shower and doesn't want to talk, they probably haven't had real intimate lovemaking. Um, so post-coitally, I like it that, that they talk about these things. Uh, I, I tell people with children who are having a date night before they get to the physical part to please don't talk about their children or yep. about business yep. or work. Talk about their relationship. And uh, I have a favorites exercise, favorite color, favorite sexual position, favorite everything. They take that separately and they, then they can talk about what are some of their favorite things. Uh, so we want to keep it positive and build on the relationship. I like and that. If you fell in love, you knew what you need. You had what it took to fall in love way back when, perhaps. So you really do probably have the skills and you might need some help. You might need some professional, some professional guidance, mm -hmm. but you can, if you're, if you and your partner are talking about divorce and some couples are with a pandemic, um, you need to talk about uh, your relationship and the good things. And you can, you can rebuild a lot of, of goodwill in your relationship, sometimes with professional help. Fall in love again. Susan, thoughts about after the post, whatever you want to call it, anything? I think that it sets the tone for actually where things are going and how connected you remain yes. when you're not in the bedroom. Yes. And, and I mean, it's one thing to, to be connected when you're a actively having sex, but it's a completely different thing when you're carrying your intimacy forward through your everyday life, right? Where uh, I know with my husband, I, I, can, I can look at him across the front porch these days where we have visitors, right? <laughs> and and it, I mean, it's just one glance and the two of us know exactly what we're both thinking, right? Isn't that lovely? Well, I mean, this is a, this is a man I've known for you know twenty years, so we have some experience. But still, um, it's that kind of intimacy takes time, takes focus, takes presence, takes wanting to be present. And and something that I'm finding in my practice in the last, in particular, month is that. Um, people are wanting guidance on how actually to be adults in their relationships. And mm. one of the things I find I say over and over again is clean up your side of the street before you accuse. Oh yeah. 
do your own work, take responsibility. So, you know, somebody comes home from the, you know, the genius bar and they're angry because they didn't get what they wanted. (laughs) Well, okay. But then don't snap at your wife. Yep. Turn to your wife and say, you know what? I want to put my fist through a wall. So let's just (laughs) leave me in this funk until I get myself out of it. And then I'll come and give you a kiss and we'll go get on with it. Right. Yes. I mean, it's that simple, that that self-responsibility. And that's what I find, actually, I come back to in my books over and over and over again. Taking responsibility for yourself is a way to live a spiritual and fulfilling life. And that's also respect for the other person. And that's also optimism that we can get past the bad moments. And you're right, punch the wall, but not when you're in the bedroom with that person or not when you're on the way. Ladies, we are almost out of time. I hate to say that. This has been, I think we could have talked for hours, but I have a quick exercise. Let me start with Dr. Diana Wiley and and we'll give your websites before we close out in a couple of minutes. Dr. Diana, if you had to leave the house in the next 15 minutes and you were going to take a purse, a shop bag, a, a knapsack, whatever you, I'm sure it was a very elegant purse you would grab. Other than your keys, your phone, and maybe your lipstick, what would you require in order to go somewhere that you weren't sure where you were going? What What's the requirement of Dr. Diana that you have to have with you besides your keys, your purse, and your phone? My, my favorite sex toy, vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Is there any room in the purse for anything else? Besides, don't tell me which model. I don't want to know. No, it, of course. I have a big enough purse. <laughs> okay. Anything else you would take with it? Uh, maybe some lube. Okay. I don't know where uh, she's going, but it sounds like fun. And one more thing. Well, my husband and I don't live together. So I would be leaving. And, and, and I do actually when I spend weekends with him and he's here on Wednesdays. So this living apart together thing is, it works very well for a lot of couples, especially couples over 50 who, whose children have been launched and it works extremely well for us. Fascinating, Susan Corso. What would be in your bag? <laughs> Remember, no lipstick. I'm, I'm segueing real faster. No lipstick, no keys and no phone. What would you have, Susan? I would bring my Kindle. Ooh. I would bring my gold American Express card. And I would bring my husband. <laughs> That's a nice purse you got there, lady. And I tell you something, he's the best conversationalist in the whole wide world. You are, you're, I'm not going to say, I don't believe in lucky. I believe in smart these days. Oh, you're so lucky. You do. Oh, you're so lucky. No, I'm not lucky. I'm smart. I figured And I already out. made this mistake a couple of times. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, yes, 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 yes. Thank you very much. Let's say thank you to Josh, our engineer. Thank We're you, glad Josh. he feels better. Thank, thank you, Josh. Josh. Thank you so much, Dr. Diana. Quickly give your website, please. We just have two minutes left. DearDrDiana.com. That's the advice website. You can read other people's questions and my responses. And you can also buy my book through a link there. D-E-A-R-D-R-D-I-A-N-A.com. DearDrDiana.com, correct? Correct. That's Susan correct. Corso. Susan, you want to give your website? SusanCorso.com. S-U-S-A-N-C-O-R-S-O.com. It's That's that it. easy. Go visit Susan. You both of you are lovely. You're smart. You're talented. You're so good at what you do. I'm so honored that you spent the hour with me sharing your creativity. And I'm just going to say it's just about time. 30 seconds, Josh is saying. Well, if Josh has 30 seconds, that's the way it goes. So let's all wave goodbye. And I'm going to say this is Radio Red saying have a good week. Be safe. Be smart. Be savvy. 
Put your seatbelt on if you feel you're lurching in the wrong direction. We've got a hell of a week ahead of us. And I'll just say enjoy Halloween and Black Cat Day and get some chocolate cake. It'll help you. All the good stuff in it. Radio Red, over and out. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio, presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.